Chapter One of the Diary of Samuel Pepys, sixteen sixty. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee. The Diary of Samuel Pepys, sixteen sixty, by Samuel Pepys, January, sixteen fifty nine, sixteen sixty. Blessed be God, at the end of the last year I was in very good health, without any sense of my old pain, but upon taking of cold. I lived in Axeyard, having my wife and servant Jane, and no more in family than us three. My wife gave me hopes of her being with child, but on the last day of the year the hope was belied. The condition of the state was thus, viz. the rump, after being disturbed by my Lord Lambert, was lately returned to sit again. The officers of the army all forced to yield. Lawson lies still in the river, and Monk is with his army in Scotland. Only my Lord Lambert is not yet come into the Parliament, nor is it expected that he will without being forced to it. The new common council of the city do speak very high, and had sent to Monk their sword-bearer, to acquaint him with their desires for a free and full Parliament, which is at present the desires and the hopes and expectation of all. Twenty-two of the old secluded members, having been at the house-door the last week to demand entrance, but it was denied them, and it is believed that neither they nor the people will be satisfied till the house be filled. My own private condition very handsome, and esteemed rich, but indeed very poor. Besides my goods of my house and my office, which at present is somewhat uncertain, Mr. Downing, master of my office. January 1st, Lord's Day. This morning, we living lately in the garret, I rose, put on my suit with great skirts, having not lately worn any other clothes but them, went to Mr. Gunning's chapel at Exeter House, where he made a very good sermon upon these words, that in the fullness of time God sent his son made of a woman, etc., showing that by made under the law is meant his circumcision, which is solemnized this day. Dined at home in the garret, where my wife dressed the remains of a turkey, and in the doing of it she burned her hand. I stayed at home all the afternoon, looking over my accounts, then went with my wife to my father's, and in going observed the great posts which the city have set up at the conduit in Fleet Street, supped at my father's, where in came Mrs. Theophila Turner and Madame Morris, and supped with us. After that my wife and I went home with them, and so to our own home. Second. In the morning, before I went forth, Old East brought me a dozen of bottles of sack, and I gave him a shilling for his pains. Then I went to Mr. Shepley, who was drawing of sack in the wine-cellar to send to other places as a gift from my lord, and told me that my lord had given him order to give me the dozen of bottles. Thence I went to the temple to speak with Mr. Calthrop, about the sixty pounds due to my lord, but missed of him, he being abroad. Then I went to Mr. Crews, and borrowed ten pounds of Mr. Andrews for my own use, and so went to my office, where there was nothing to do. Then I walked a great while in Westminster Hall, where I heard that Lambert was coming up to London, that my lord Fairfax was in the head of the Irish Brigade, but it was not certain what he would declare for. The House was to-day upon finishing the Act for the Council of State, which they did, and for the indemnity to the soldiers and were to sit again thereupon in the afternoon. Great talk that many places have declared for a free Parliament, and it is believed that they will be forced to fill up the house with the old members. From the hall I called at home, and so went to Mr. Crews, my wife she was to go to her father's, thinking to have dined, but I came too late, so Mr. Moore and I and another gentleman went out and drank a cup of ale together in the new market, and there I eat some bread and cheese for my dinner. After that Mr. Moore and I went as far as Fleet Street together and parted, he going into the city, I to find Mr. Calthrop, but failed again of finding him, 
So returned to Mr. Crewe's again, and from thence went along with Mrs. Jemima home, and there she taught me how to play at cribbage. Then I went home, and finding my wife gone to see Mrs. Hunt, I went to Will's. And there sat with Mr. Ashwell, talking and singing till nine o'clock, and so home. There, having not eaten anything but bread and cheese, my wife cut me a slice of brawn, which I received from my lady, which proves as good as ever I had any. So to bed, and my wife had a very bad night of it, through wind and cold. Third. I went out in the morning, it being a great frost, and walked to Mrs. Turner's to stop her from coming to see me to-day, because of Mrs. Jem's coming. Thence I went to the temple to speak with Mr. Calthrop, and walked in his chamber an hour, but could not see him, so went to Westminster, where I found soldiers in my office to receive money, and paid it them. At noon went home, where Mrs. Jem, her maid, Mr. Shepley, Hawley, and more, dined with me on a piece of beef and cabbage and a collar of brawn. We then fell to cards till dark, and then I went home with Mrs. Jem, and meeting Mr. Hawley got him to bear me company to Chancery Lane, where I spoke with Mr. Calthrop. He told me that Sir James Calthrop was lately dead, but that he would write to his lady, that the money may be speedily paid. Thence back to Whitehall, where I understood that the Parliament had passed the act for indemnity to the soldiers and officers that would come in, in so many days, and that my Lord Lambert should have benefit of the said act. They had also voted that all vacancies in the House, by the death of any of the old members, shall be filled up, but those that are living shall not be called in. Thence I went home, and there found Mr. Hunt and his wife, and Mr. Hawley, who sat with me till ten at night at cards, and so broke up, and to bed. Fourth. Early came Mr. Vanley, to me for his half-year's rent, which I had not in the house, but took his man to the office, and there paid him. Then I went down into the hall, and to Will's, where Hawley brought a piece of his Cheshire cheese, and we were merry with it. Then into the hall again, where I met with the clerk and quartermaster of my lord's troop, and took them to the swan, and gave them their morning's draught, they being just come to town. Mr. Jenkins shewed me two bills of exchange for money to receive upon my lord's and my pay. It snowed hard all this morning, and was very cold, and my nose was much swelled with cold. Strange the difference of men's talk. Some say that Lambert must of necessity yield up, others that he is very strong, and that the fifth monarchy men will stick to him, if he declares for a free Parliament. Chillington was sent yesterday to him with a vote of pardon and indemnity from the Parliament. From the hall I came home, where I found letters from Hinchinbrook, and news of Mr. Chefley's going thither the next week. I dined at home, and from thence went to Will's to Shaw, who promised me to go along with me to Atkinson's about some money, but I found him at cards with Spicer and D. Vines, and could not get him along with me. I was vexed at this, and went and walked in the hall, where I heard that the Parliament spent this day in fasting and prayer, and in the afternoon came letters from the north, that brought certain news that my Lord Lambert, his forces, were all forsaking him, and that he was left with only fifty horse, and that he did now declare for the Parliament himself, and that my Lord Fairfax did also rest satisfied, and had laid down his arms, and that what he had done was only to secure the country against my Lord Lambert his raising of money, and free quarter. I went to Will's again, where I found them still at cards, and Spicer had won fourteen shillings of Shaw and Vines. Then I spent a little time with G. Vines and Maylard at Vines's at our vials. So home, and from thence to Mr. Hunt's, and sat with them and Mr. Hawley at cards, till ten at night, and was much made of by them. Home and so to bed, but much troubled with my nose, which was much swelled. Fifth. I went to my office, where the money was again expected from the excise office, but none brought, but was promised to be sent this afternoon. I dined with Mr. Shepley at my lord's lodgings, upon his turkey pie, and so to my office again, where the excise money was brought, and some of it told to soldiers till it was dark. Then I went home, and after writing a letter to my lord, 
and told him the news that the parliament hath this night voted that the members that were discharged from sitting in the years sixteen forty eight and forty nine were duly discharged and that there should be writs issued presently for the calling of others in their places and that monk and fairfax were commanded up to town and that the prince's lodgings were to be provided for monk at whitehall then my wife and i it being a great frost went to mrs jem's in expectation to eat a sack posset but mr edward not coming it was put off and so i left my wife playing at cards with her and went myself with my lantern to mr fage to consult concerning my nose who told me it was nothing but cold and after that we did discourse concerning public business and he told me it is true the city had not time enough to do much but they are resolved to shake off the soldiers and that unless there be a free parliament chosen he did believe there half the common council will not levy any money by order of this parliament from thence i went to my father's where i found mrs ramsay and her grandchild a pretty girl and stayed a while and talked with them and my mother and then took my leave only heard of an invitation to go to dinner to-morrow to my cousin thomas pepys i went back to mrs jem and took my wife and mrs shepley and went home sixth this morning mr shepley and i did eat our breakfast at mrs harper's my brother john being with me upon a cold turkey pie and a goose from thence i went to my office where we paid money to the soldiers till one o'clock at which time we made an end and i went home and took my wife and went to my cousin thomas pepys and found them just sat down to dinner which was very good only the venison pasty was palpable beef which was not handsome after dinner i took my leave leaving my wife with my cousin stradwick and went to westminster to mr vines where george and i fiddled a good while dick and his wife who was lately brought to bed and her sister being there but mr hudson not coming according to his promise i went away and calling at my house on the wench i took her and the lantern with me to my cousin stradwick where after a good supper there being there my father mother brothers and sister my cousin scott and his wife mr drawwater and his wife and her brother mr stradwick we had a brave cake brought us and in the choosing paul was queen and mr stradwick was king after that my wife and i bid adieu and came home it being still a great frost seventh at my office as i was receiving money of the probate of wills in came mrs turner theophila madam morris and joyce and after i had done i took them home to my house and mr hawley came after and i got a dish of steaks and a rabbit for them while they were playing a game or two at cards in the middle of our dinner a messenger from mr downing came to fetch me to him so leaving mr hawley there i went and was forced to stay till night in expectation of the french ambassador who at last came and i had a great deal of good discourse with one of his gentlemen concerning the reason of the difference between the zeal of the french and the spaniard after he was gone i went home and found my friends still at cards and after that i went along with them to dr hawes sending my wife to mrs jem's to a sack posset where i heard some symphony and songs of his own making performed by mr may harding and mallard afterwards i put my friends into a coach and went to mrs jem's where i wrote a letter to my lord by the post and had my part of the posset which was saved for me and so we went home and put in at my lord's lodgings where we stayed late eating of part of his turkey pie and reading of quarles's emblems so home and to bed eighth sunday in the morning i went to mr gunning's where a good sermon wherein he showed the life of christ and told us good authority for us to believe that christ did follow his father's trade and was a carpenter till thirty years of age from thence to my father's to dinner where i found my wife who was forced to dine there we not having one coal of fire in the house and it being very hard frosty weather in the afternoon my father he going to a man's to demand some money due to my aunt bell's my wife and i went to mr mossum's where a strange doctor made a very good sermon from thence sending my wife to my father's i went to mrs turner's and stayed a little while and then to my father's where i found mr shepley and after supper went home together 
Here I heard of the death of Mr. Palmer, and that he is to be buried at Westminster to-morrow. Ninth. For these two or three days I have been much troubled with thoughts how to get money to pay them that I have borrowed money of, by reason of my money being in my uncle's hands. I rose early this morning, and looked over and corrected my brother John's speech, which he is to make the next apposition. And after that I went towards my office, and in my way met with W. Simons, Muddyman, and Jack Price, and went with them to Harper's, and in many sorts of talk I stayed till two of the clock in the afternoon. I found Muddyman a good scholar, an arch-rogue, and owns that though he writes new books for the Parliament, yet he did declare that he did it only to get money, and did talk very basely of many of them. Among other things, W. Simons told me how his uncle Scoble was on Saturday last called to the bar, for entering in the journal of the house, for the year 1653, these words, This day his excellence the Lord General Cromwell dissolved this house, which words the Parliament voted a forgery, and demanded of him how they came to be entered. He answered that they were his own handwriting, and that he did it by virtue of his office, and the practice of his predecessor, and that the intent of the practice was to let posterity know how such and such a Parliament was dissolved, whether by the command of the King, or by their own neglect, as the last House of Lords was, and that to this end he had said in writ that it was dissolved by his excellence the Lord General, and that for the word dissolved he never at the time did hear of any other term, and desired pardon if he would not dare to make a word himself, when it was six years after, before they came themselves to call it an interruption. But they were so little satisfied with this answer, that they did choose a committee to report to the House, whether this crime of Mr. Scobell's did come within the act of indemnity, or no. Thence I went with Muddyman to the coffee-house, and gave eighteen pence to be entered of the club. Thence into the hall, where I heard for certain that Monk was coming to London, and that Bradshaw's two lodgings were preparing for him. Thence to Mrs. Jem's, and found her in bed, and she was afraid that it would prove the smallpox. Thence back to Westminster Hall, where I heard how Sir H. Vane was this day voted out of the house, and to sit no more there, and that he would retire himself to his house at Raby, as also all the rest of the nine officers that had their commissions formally taken away from them, were commanded to their furthest houses from London, during the pleasure of the Parliament. Here I met with the quartermaster of my lord's troop, and his clerk Mr. Jennings, and took them home, and gave them a bottle of wine, and the remainder of my collar of brawn, and so good night. After that came in Mr. Hawley, who told me that I was missed this day at my office, and that to-morrow I must pay all the money that I have, at which I was put to a great loss how I should get money to make up my cash, and so went to bed in great trouble. Tenth. Went out early, and in my way met with Greatorex, and at an alehouse he showed me the first sphere of wire that ever he made, and indeed it was very pleasant. Thence to Mr. Cruz, and borrowed ten pounds, and so to my office, and was able to pay my money. Thence into the hall, and meeting the quartermaster, Jennings, and Captain Ryder, we four went to a cook's to dinner. Thence Jennings and I into London, it being through heat of the sun a great thaw and dirty, to show our bills of return and coming back drank a pint of wine at the Star in Cheapside. So to Westminster, overtaking Captain Oakshot in his silk cloak, whose sword got hold of many people in walking. Thence to the coffee-house, where were a great confluence of gentlemen, viz. Mr. Harrington, Pulteney, Chairman, Gold, Dr. Petty, etc., where admirable discourse till at night. Thence with doling to Mother Lambs, who told me how this day Scott was made intelligencer, and that the rest of the members that were objected against last night their business was to be heard this day senite. Thence I went home, and wrote a letter, and went to Harper's, and stayed there, till Tom carried it to the postboy at Whitehall. So home to bed. 11th. Being at Will's with Captain Barker, who hath paid me three hundred pounds this morning at my office, in comes my father, and with him I walked, 
and leave him at W. Joyce's, and went myself to Mr. Crewe's, but came too late to dine, and therefore after a game at Shuttlecock's, with Mr. Walgrave and Mr. Edward, I returned to my father, and taking him from W. Joyce's, who was not abroad himself, we inquired of a porter, and by his direction went to an alehouse, where after a cup or two we parted. I went towards London, and in my way went in to see Crowley, who was now grown a very great loon, and very tame. Thence to Mr. Stevens with a pair of silver snuffers, and bought a pair of shears to cut silver, and so homeward again. From home I went to see Mrs. Jem, who was in bed, and now granted to have the smallpox. Back again, and went to the coffee-house, but tarried not, and so home. Twelfth. I drink my morning at Harper's with Mr. Shepley and a seaman, and so to my office, where Captain Holling came to see me, and appointed a meeting in the afternoon. Then wrote letters to Hinchinbrook, and sealed them at Will's, and after that went home, and thence to the half-moon, where I found the captain and Mr. Billingsley and Newman, a barber, where we were very merry, and had the young man that plays so well on the Welsh harp. Billingsley paid for all. Thence home, and finding my letters this day not gone by the carrier, I knew sealed them, but my brother Tom, coming, we fell into discourse about my intention to feast the Joyces. I sent for a bit of meat for him from the cooks, and forgot to send my letters this night. So I went to bed, and in discourse broke to my wife what my thoughts were, concerning my design of getting money by, etc. Thirteenth. Coming in the morning to my office, I met with Mr. Fage, and took him to the Swan. He told me how High Hazelrig and Morley, the last night began at my Lord Mayor's, to exclaim against the City of London, saying that they had forfeited their charter, and how the Chamberlain of the City did take them down, letting them know how much they were formerly beholding to the City, etc. He also told me that Monks' letter that came to them by the sword-bearer was a cunning piece, and that which they did not much trust to, but they were resolved to make no more applications to the Parliament, nor to pay any money, unless the secluded members be brought in, or a free Parliament chosen. Thence to my office, where nothing to do. So to Will's with Mr. Pinkney, who invited me to their feast at his hall the next Monday. Thence I went home and took my wife and dined at Mr. Wade's, and after that we went and visited Caton. From thence home again, and my wife was very unwilling to let me go forth, but with some discontent would go out if I did. And I going forth towards Whitehall, I saw she followed me, and so I stayed and took her round through Whitehall, and so carried her home angry. Thence I went to Mrs. Jem and found her up and merry, and that it did not prove the smallpox, but only the swinepox. So I played a game or two at cards with her. And so to Mr. Vines, where he and I and Mr. Hudson played half a dozen things, there being there Dick's wife and her sister. After that I went home and found my wife gone abroad to Mr. Hunt's, and came in a little after me. So to bed. Fourteenth. Nothing to do at our office. Thence into the hall, and just as I was going to dinner from Westminster Hall with Mr. Moore, with whom I had been in the lobby to hear news, and had spoke with Sir Anthony Ashley Cooper about my lord's lodgings, to his house. I met with Captain Holland, who told me that he hath brought his wife to my house, so I posted home and got a dish of meat for them. They stayed with me all the afternoon, and went hence in the evening. Then I went with my wife, and left her at market, and went myself to the coffee-house, and heard exceeding good argument against Mr. Harrington's assertion that overbalance of propriety was the foundation of government. Home, and wrote to Hinchinbrook, and sent that and my other letter that missed of going on Thursday last. So to bed. Fifteenth. Having been exceedingly disturbed in the night with the barking of a dog of one of our neighbours, that I could not sleep for an hour or two, I slept late, and then in the morning took physic, and so stayed within all day. At noon my brother John came to me, and I corrected as well as I could his Greek speech to say the apposition, 
though i believe he himself was as well able to do it as myself after that we went to read in the great official about the blessing of bells in the church of rome after that my wife and i in pleasant discourse till night then i went to supper and after that to make an end of this week's notes in this book and so to bed it being a cold day and a great snow my physic did not work so well as it should have done sixteenth in the morning i went up to mr crews and at his bedside he gave me direction to go to-morrow with mr edward to twickenham and likewise did talk to me concerning things of state and expressed his mind how just it was that the secluded members should come to sit again i went from thence and in my way went into an alehouse and drank my morning draught with matthew andrews and two or three more of his friends coachmen and of one of them i did hire a coach to carry us to-morrow to twickenham from thence to my office where nothing to do but mr downing he came and found me all alone and did mention to me his going back into holland and did ask me whether i would go or no but gave me little encouragement but bid me consider of it and asked me whether i did not think that mr hawley could perform the work of my office alone or no i confess i was at a great loss all the day after to bethink myself how to carry this business at noon harry ettall came to me and went along with mr maylard by coach as far as salisbury court and there we set him down and we went to the clerks where we came a little too late but in a closet we had a very good dinner by mr pinkney's courtesy and after dinner we had pretty good singing and one hazard sung alone after the old fashion which was very much cried up but i did not like it thence we went to the green dragon on lambeth hill both the mr pinkney's smith harrison morris that sang the bass shepley and i and there we sang of all sorts of things and i ventured with good success upon things at first sight and after that i played on my flageolet and stayed there till nine o'clock very merry and drawn on with one song after another till it came to be so late after that shepley harrison and myself we went towards westminster on foot and at the golden lion near charing cross we went in and drank a pint of wine and so parted and thence home where i found my wife and maid a washing i stayed up till the bell-man came by with his bell just under my window as i was writing off this very line and cried past one of the clock and a cold frosty windy morning i then went to bed and left my wife and the maid a-washing still seventeenth early i went to mr crews and having given mr edward money to give the servants i took him into the coach that waited for us and carried him to my house where the coach waited for me while i and the child went to westminster hall and bought him some pictures in the hall i met mr woodfine and took him to wills and drank with him thence the child and i to the coach where my wife was ready and so we went towards twickenham in our way at kensington we understood how that my lord chesterfield had killed another gentleman about half an hour before and was fled we went forward and came about one of the clock to mr fuller's but he was out of town so we had a dinner there and i gave the child forty shillings to give to the two ushers after that we parted and went homewards it being market-day at brainford i set my wife down and went with the coach to mr crews thinking to have spoke with mr moore and mrs jem he having told me the reason of his melancholy was some unkindness from her after so great expressions of love and how he had spoke to her friends and had their consent and that he would desire me to take an occasion of speaking with her but by no means not to heighten her discontent or distaste whatever it be but to make it up if i can but he being out of doors i went away and went to see mrs jem who was now very well again and after a game or two at cards i left her so i went to the coffee-club and heard very good discourse it was an answer to mr harrington's answer who said that the state of the roman government was not a settled government and so it was no wonder that the balance of propriety was in one hand and the command in another it being therefore always in a posture of war but it was carried by ballot that it was a steady government 
though it is true by the voices it had been carried before, that it was an unsteady government. So to-morrow it is to be proved by the opponents that the balance lay in one hand, and the government in another. Thence I went to Westminster, and met Shaw and Washington, who told me how this day Sydenham was voted out of the House for sitting any more this Parliament, and that Salloway was voted out likewise and sent to the Tower, during the pleasure of the House. Home, and wrote by the post, and carried to Whitehall, and coming back turned in at Harper's, where Jack Price was, and I drank with him, and he told me, among other things, how much the protector is altered, though he would seem to bear out his trouble very well, yet he is scarce able to talk sense with a man, and how he will say that, who should a man trust if he may not trust to a brother and an uncle, and how much those men have to answer before God Almighty, for their playing the knave with him as they did. He told me also that there was a hundred thousand pounds offered, and would have been taken for his restitution, had not the Parliament come in as they did again, and that he do believe that the Protector will live to give a testimony of his valour and revenge yet before he dies, and that the Protector will say so himself sometimes. Thence I went home, it being late, and my wife in bed. 18th. To my office, and from thence to Will's, and there Mr. Shepley brought me letters from the carrier, and so I went home. After that to Wilkinson's, where we had a dinner for Mr. Talbot, Adams, Pinkney, and his son, but his son did not come. Here we were very merry, and while I was here Mr. Fuller came thither, and stayed a little while. After that we all went to my Lord's, whither came afterwards Mr. Harrison, and by chance seeing Mr. Butler coming by, I called him in, and so we sat drinking a bottle of wine till night at which time mistress anne came with the key of my lord's study for some things and so we all broke up and after i had gone to my house and interpreted my lord's letter by his character i came to her again and went with her to her lodging and from thence to mr crew's where i advised with him what to do about my lord's lodgings and what answer to give to sir anthony cooper and so i came home and to bed all the world is at a loss to think what monk will do the city saying that he will be for them and the parliament saying he will be for them nineteenth this morning I was sent for to Mr. Downing, and at his bedside he told me that he had a kindness for me, and that he thought that he had done me one, and that was, that he had got me to be one of the clerks of the council, at which I was a little stumbled, and could not tell what to do, whether to thank him or no, but by and by I did, but not very heartily, for I fear that his doing of it was but only to ease himself of the salary which he gives me. After that, Mr. Shepley, staying below all this time for me, we went thence and met Mr. Pierce. So at the harp and ball, drank our morning draught, and so to Whitehall, where I met with Sir Anthony Cooper, and did give him some answer from my lord, and he did give us leave to keep the lodging still. And so we did determine thereupon that Mr. Shepley might now go into the country, and would do so to-morrow. Back I went by Mr. Downing's order, and stayed there till twelve o'clock, in expectation of one to come to read some writings but he came not. So I stayed all alone, reading the answer of the Dutch ambassador to our state, in answer to the reasons of my lord's coming home, which he gave for his coming, and did labour herein to contradict my lord's arguments for his coming home. Thence to my office, and so with Mr. Shepley and Moore, to dine upon a turkey with Mrs. Jem, and after that Mr. Moore and I went to the French ordinary, where Mr. Downing this day feasted Sir Arthur Haselrig, and a great many more of the Parliament, and did stay to put him in mind of me. Here he gave me a note to go and invite some other members to dinner to-morrow. So I went to Whitehall, and did stay at Marshes, with Simons, Llewellyn, and all the rest of the clerks of the council, who I hear are all turned out, only the two Lees, and they do all tell me that my name was mentioned the last night, but that nothing was done in it. Hence I went, and did leave some of my notes at the lodgings of the members, and so home, to bed. 
Twentieth. In the morning I went to Mr. Downing's bedside, and gave him an account what I had done as to his guests, and I went thence to my Lord Widrington, who I met in the street, going to seal the patents for the judges to-day, and so could not come to dinner. I called upon Mr. Calthrop about the money due to my Lord. Here I met with Mr. Woodfine, and drank with him at the Sun in Chancery Lane, and so to Westminster Hall, where at the lobby I spoke with the rest of my guests, and so to my office. At noon went by water with Mr. Maylard and Hales, to the Swan in Fish Street, at our gold feast, where we were very merry at our Joel of Ling. And from thence, after a great and good dinner, Mr. Falkenberg would go drink a cup of ale at a place where I had liked to have shot at a scholar that lay over the house of office. Thence, calling on Mr. Stevens and Wooten, with whom I drank, about business of my lord's, I went to the coffee-club, where there was nothing done but choosing of a committee for orders. Thence to Westminster Hall, where Mrs. Lane and the rest of the maids had their white scarfs, all having been at the burial of a young bookseller in the hall. Thence to Mr. Shepley's, and took him to my house and drank with him, in order to his going to-morrow. So parted, and I sat up late, making up my accounts before he go. This day three citizens of London went to meet Monk from the Common Council. 21st. Up early in finishing my accounts and writing to my lord, and from thence to my lord's, and took leave of Mr. Shepley, and possession of all the keys in the house. Thence to my office for some money to pay Mr. Shepley, and sent it him by the old man. I then went to Mr. Downing, who chid me, because I did not give him notice of some of his guests failed him, but I told him that I sent up order to tell him, and he was not within but he told me that he was within till past twelve o'clock, so the porter or he lied. Thence to my office, where nothing to do. Then with Mr. Hawley, he and I went to Mr. Crewe's and dined there. Thence into London, to Mr. Vernon's, and I received my twenty-five pounds, due by bill, for my troopers' pay. Then back again to Stedman's, at the Mitre in Fleet Street, in our way calling on Mr. Fage, who told me how the city have some hopes of Monk. Thence to the Mitre, where I drank a pint of wine, the house being in fitting for Bannister to come hither from Paget's. Thence to Mrs. Jem, and gave her five pounds. So home and left my money, and to Whitehall, where Llewellyn and I drank and talked together an hour at Marshes, and so up to the clerk's room, where poor Mr. Cook, a black man, that is like to be put out of his clerk's place, came and railed at me for endeavouring to put him out and get myself in, when I was already in a good condition. But I satisfied him, and after I had wrote a letter there to my lord, wherein I gave him an account how this day Lenthall took his chair again, and the House resolved a declaration to be brought in on Monday next, to satisfy the world what they intend to do. So home and to bed. 22nd. I went in the morning to Mr. Messam's, where I met with W. Thurban, and sat with him in his pew. A very eloquent sermon about the duty of all to give good example in our lives and conversation, which I fear he himself was most guilty of not doing. After sermon, at the door by appointment my wife met me, and so to my father's to dinner, where we had not been to my shame in a fortnight before. After dinner my father shewed me a letter from Mr. Widrington of Christ College in Cambridge, wherein he do express very great kindness for my brother, and my father intends that my brother shall go to him. To church in the afternoon to Mr. Herring, where a lazy poor sermon, and so home with Mrs. Turner, and sitting with her a while we went to my father's, where we supped very merry, and so home. This day I began to put on buckles to my shoes, which I have bought yesterday of Mr. Watton. 23rd. In the morning called out to carry twenty pounds to Mr. Downing, which I did and came back, and finding Mr. Pierce the surgeon, I took him to the axe and gave him his morning draught. Thence to my office, 
and there did nothing but make up my balance. Came home and found my wife dressing of the girl's head, by which she was made to look very pretty. I went out and paid Wilkinson what I did owe him, and brought a piece of beef home for dinner. Thence I went out and paid Waters the vintner, and went to see Mrs. Jem, where I found my lady right, but Scott was so drunk that he could not be seen. Here I stayed and made up Mrs. Anne's bills, and played a game or two at cards, and thence to Westminster Hall, it being very dark. I paid Mrs. Mitchell my bookseller, and back to Whitehall, and in the garden, going through to the stone gallery, I fell into a ditch, it being very dark. At the clerk's chamber I met with Simons and Llewellyn, and went with them to Mr. Mount's chamber at the cockpit, where we had some rare pot venison, and ale to abundance till almost twelve at night, and after a song round we went home. This day the Parliament sat late, and resolved of the declaration to be printed for the people's satisfaction, promising them a great many good things. 24th. In the morning to my office, where, after I had drank my morning draught at Will's, with Ethel and Mr. Stevens, I went and told part of the excise money till twelve o'clock, and then called on my wife and took her to Mr. Pierce's, she in the way being exceedingly troubled with a pair of new patterns, and I vexed to go so slow, it being late. There when we came we found Mrs. Carrick very fine, and one Mr. Lucy, who called one another husband and wife, and after dinner a great deal of mad stir. There was pulling off Mrs. Bride's and Mr. Bridegroom's ribbons, with a great deal of fooling among them, that I and my wife did not like. Mr. Lucy and several other gentlemen coming in after dinner, swearing and singing as if they were mad, only he singing very handsomely. There came in afterwards Mr. Southern, clerk to Mr. Blackburn, and with him Lambert, lieutenant of my lord's ship, and brought with them the declaration that came out to-day from the Parliament, wherein they declare for law and gospel, and for tithes, but I do not find people apt to believe them. After this taking leave I went to my father's, and my wife staying there, he and I went to speak with Mr. Crumlin. In the meantime, while it was five o'clock, he being in the school, we went to my cousin Tom Pepys's shop, the turner in Paul's churchyard, and drank with him a pot of ale. He gave my father directions what to do about getting my brother an exhibition, and spoke very well of my brother. Thence back with my father home, where he and I spoke privately in the little room to my sister Paul, about stealing of things as my wife's scissors and my maid's book, at which my father was much troubled. Hence home with my wife, and so to Whitehall, where I met with Mr. Hunt and Llewellyn, and drank with them at Marshes, and afterwards went up and wrote to my lord by the post. This day the Parliament gave order that the late Committee of Safety should come before them this day so night, and all their papers and their model of government that they had made to be brought in with them. So home, and talked with my wife about our dinner on Thursday. 25th. Called up early to Mr. Downing. He gave me a character, such a one as my lord's, to make perfect, and likewise gave me his order for five hundred pounds to carry to Mr. Frost, which I did, and so to my office, where I did do something about the character till twelve o'clock. Then home, and found my wife and the maid at my lord's, getting things ready against to-morrow. I went by water to my uncle White's to dinner, where I met my father, where we alone had a fine jole of ling to dinner. After dinner I took leave, and coming home, heard that in Cheapside, there had been but a little before a gibbet set up, and the picture of Hewson hung upon it in the middle of the street. I called at Paul's churchyard, where I bought Buxtorf's Hebrew grammar, and read a declaration of the gentlemen of Northampton, which came out this afternoon. Thence to my father's, where I stayed with my mother a while, and then to Mr. Crewe's, about a picture to be sent into the country, of Mr. Thomas Crewe, to my lord. So to my lady Wright to speak with her, but she was abroad. 
So Mr. Evans, her butler, had me into his buttery, and gave me sack and a lesson on his lute, which he played very well. Thence I went to my lord's, and got most things ready against to-morrow, as fires and laying the cloth, and my wife was making off her tarts and larding off her pullets till eleven o'clock. This evening Mr. Downing sent for me, and gave me order to go to Mr. Jessop for his papers, concerning his dispatch to Holland, which were not ready, only his order for a ship to transport him he gave me. To my lord's again, and so home with my wife, tired with this day's work. 26th. To my office for twenty pounds to carry to Mr. Downing, which I did, and back again. Then came Mr. Frost to pay Mr. Downing his five hundred pounds, and I went to him for the warrant, and brought it Mr. Frost. Called for some papers at Whitehall for Mr. Downing, one of which was an order of the council for eighteen hundred pounds per annum, to be paid monthly, and the other two, orders to the commissioners of customs, to let his goods pass free. Home from my office to my lord's lodgings, where my wife had got ready a very fine dinner, viz. a dish of marrow-bones, a leg of mutton, a loin of veal, a dish of fowl, three pullets, and two dozen of larks all in a dish, a great tart, a neat's tongue, a dish of anchovies, a dish of prawns and cheese. My company was my father, my uncle Fenner, his two sons, Mr. Pierce and all their wives, and my brother Tom. We were as merry as I could frame myself to be in the company, W. Joyce talking after the old rate, and drinking hard, vexed his father and mother and wife. And I did perceive that Mrs. Pierce her coming so gallant, that it put the two young women quite out of courage. When it became dark they all went away but Mr. Pierce, and W. Joyce, and their wives, and Tom, and drank a bottle of wine afterwards, so that Will did heartily vex his father and mother by staying, at which I and my wife were much pleased. Then they all went, and I fell to writing of two characters for Mr. Downing, and carried them to him at nine o'clock at night, and he did not like them, but corrected them, so that to-morrow I am to do them anew. To my lord's lodging again, and sat by the great log, it being now a very good fire, with my wife, and ate a bit, and so home. The news this day is a letter that speaks absolutely Monk's concurrence with this Parliament, and nothing else, which yet I hardly believe. After dinner to-day my father showed me a letter from my uncle Robert, in answer to my last, concerning my money which I would have out of my cousin Beck's hand, wherein Beck desires it four months longer, which I know not how to spare. 27th. Going to my office I met with Tom Newton, my old comrade, and took him to the crown in the palace, and gave him his morning draught, and as he always did, did talk very high what he would do with the Parliament, that he would have what place he would, and that he might be one of the clerks to the council if he would. Here I stayed talking with him, till the offices were all shut, and then I looked in the hall, and was told by my bookseller, Mrs. Mitchell, that Mr. G. Montague had inquired there for me. So I went to his house, and was forced by him to dine with him, and had a plenteous brave dinner, and the greatest civility that ever I had from any man. Thence home, and so to Mrs. Jem, and played with her at cards, and coming home again my wife told me that Mr. Hawley had been there to speak with me, and seemed angry that I had not been at the office that day, and she told me she was afraid that Mr. Downing may have a mind to pick some hole in my coat. So I made haste to him, but found no such thing from him, but he sent me to Mr. Sherwin's, about getting Mr. Squibb to come to him to-morrow, and I carried him an answer. So home, and fell a-writing the characters for Mr. Downing, and about nine at night Mr. Hawley came, and after he was gone I sat up till almost twelve writing, and wrote two of them. In the morning up early, and wrote another, my wife lying in bed and reading to me. 28th. I went to Mr. Downing, and carried him three characters, and then to my office and wrote another, while Mr. Frost stayed telling money. And after I had done it, Mr. Hawley came into the office, 
and I left him, and carried it to Mr. Downing, who then told me that he was resolved to be gone for Holland this morning. So I to my office again, and dispatched my business there, and came with Mr. Hawley to Mr. Downing's lodging, and took Mr. Squibb from Whitehall in a coach thither with me, and there we waited in his chamber a great while till he came in, and in the meantime sent all his things to the barge that lay at Charing Cross stairs. Then came he in, and took a very civil leave of me, beyond my expectation, for I was afraid that he would have told me something of removing me from my office, but he did not, but that he would do me any service that lay in his power. So I went down, and sent a porter to my house for my best fur cap, but he coming too late with it, I did not present it to him. Thence I went to Westminster Hall, and bound up my cap at Mrs. Mitchell's, who was much taken with my cap, and endeavoured to overtake the coach at the exchange, and to give it him there, but I met with one that told me that he was gone. And so I returned, and went to heaven, where Llewellyn and I dined on a breast of mutton all alone, discoursing of the changes that we have seen, and the happiness of them that have estates of their own, and so parted, and I went by appointment to my office, and paid young Mr. Walton five hundred pounds. It being very dark, he took three hundred pounds by content. He gave me half a piece, and carried me in his coach to St. Clement's, from whence I went to Mr. Crewe's, and made even with Mr. Andrews, and took in all my notes, and gave him one for all. Then to my lady Wright, and gave her my lord's letter, which he bade me give her privately. So home, and then to Will's, for little news, then came home again, and wrote to my lord, and so to Whitehall, and gave them to the postboy. Back again home, and to bed. Twenty-ninth. In the morning I went to Mr. Gunning's, where he made an excellent sermon upon the second of the Galatians, about the difference that fell between St. Paul and St. Peter, the feast day of St. Paul being a day or two ago, whereby he did prove that, contrary to the doctrine of the Roman Church, St. Paul did never own any dependence, or that he was inferior to St. Peter, but that they were equal, only one a particular charge of preaching to the Jews, and the other to the Gentiles. Here I met with Mr. Moore, and went home with him to dinner to Mr. Cruz, where Mr. Spurrier, being in town, did dine with us. From thence I went home, and spent the afternoon in casting up my accounts, and do find myself to be worth forty pounds and more, which I did not think, but I am afraid that I forgot something. To my father's to supper, where I heard by my brother Tom how W. Joyce would the other day have Mr. Pierce and his wife to the tavern, after they were gone from my house, and that he had so little manners as to make Tom pay his share, notwithstanding that he went upon his account. And by my father I understand that my uncle Fenner and my aunt were much pleased with our entertaining them. After supper, home, without going to see Mrs. Turner. Thirtieth. This morning, before I was up, I fell a-singing of my song, Great, Good, and Just, etc., and put myself thereby in mind, that this was the fatal day, now ten years since, His Majesty died. Skull the waterman came, and brought me a note from the Hope, from Mr. Hawley, with direction about his money, he tarrying there till his master be gone to my office, where I received money of the excise of Mr. Rudyer, and after we had done went to Will's, and stayed there till three o'clock, and then, I taking my twelve pounds ten shillings, due to me for my last quarter's salary, I went with them by water to London, to the house where Signor Torriano used to be, and stayed there a while with Mr. Ashwell, Spicer, and Rudyer. Then I went and paid twelve pounds seventeen shillings sixpence, due from me to Captain Dick Matthews, according to his direction the last week in a letter." After that I came back by water, playing on my flagellet, and not finding my wife come home again from her father's, I went and sat a while and played at cards with Mrs. Jem, whose maid had newly got an ache and was ill thereupon. So homewards again, having great need to do my business, and so pretending to meet Mr. Shot the woodmonger of Whitehall, I went and eased myself at the harp and ball, 
and thence home where i sat writing till bedtime and so to bed there seems now to be a general cease of talk it being taken for granted that monk do resolve to stand to the parliament and nothing else spent a little time this night in knocking up nails for my hat and cloaks in my chamber thirty first in the morning i fell to my lute till nine o'clock then to my lord's lodgings and set out a barrel of soap to be carried to mrs anne here i met with nick bartlett one that had been a servant of my lord's at sea and at harper's gave him his morning draught so to my office where i paid twelve hundred pounds to mr frost and at noon went to wills to give one of the excise office a pot of ale that came to-day to tell over a bag of his that wanted seven pounds in it which he found over in another bag then home and dined with my wife when in came mr hawley newly come from shipboard from his master and brought me a letter of direction what to do in his lawsuit with squib about his house and office after dinner to westminster hall where all we clerks had orders to wait upon the committee at the star chamber that is to try colonel jones and were to give an account what money we had paid him but the committee did not sit to-day hence to wills where i sat an hour or two with mr godfrey austin a scrivener in king street here i met and afterwards brought the answer to general monk's letter which is a very good one and i keep it by me thence to mrs jem where i found her maid in bed in a fit of the ache and mrs jem among the people below at work and by and by she came up hot and merry as if they had given her wine at which i was troubled but said nothing after a game at cards i went home and wrote by the post and coming back called in at harper's and drank with mr pulford servant to mr waterhouse who tells me that whereas my lord fleetwood should have answered to the parliament to-day he wrote a letter and desired a little more time he being a great way out of time and how that he is quite ashamed of himself and confesses how he had deserved this for his baseness to his brother and that he is like to pay part of the money paid out of the exchequer during the committee of safety out of his own purse again which i am glad of home and to bed leaving my wife reading in polexandra i could find nothing in mr downing's letter which hawley brought me concerning my office but i could discern that hawley had a mind that i would get to be clerk of the council i suppose that he might have the greater salary but i think it not safe yet to change this for a public employment end of january